Podcast, Answer Man, episode number 426. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, this is Leo Laporte of This Week in Tech, and you're listening, you're smart, to Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world we live in or if you have been creating content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. And well, my friends, today I am so excited about several things I'm going to share with you in this episode. Later in the episode, I'm going to be talking about a book that I'm reading called Mindset. It was a book referred to me by my good friend, Dan Miller. I'll give you a little bit of an overview and some insights. Also, I am going to talk about a brand new tool that I have for my studio slash office, and it happens to be a brand new computer. But boy, guys, I have something that I am much more excited about than any of those other things right now, and it has to do with the fact that I, well, wait a second, before I talk about it. Now, of course, here's the deal. Some of you are subscribers to Pursuing a Balanced Life, another podcast that I do. If you've never heard of that show, it's an audio journal Uh, format where I talk about different aspects and areas of my life and how I balance family and business and give a whole lot of behind-the-scenes information in an audio journal style format. If you want to know a little bit more about that, sounds intriguing, head over to pursuingabalancedlife.com or just look up Pursuing a Balanced Life in your favorite podcast app. Anyway, Some of you already know where I'm heading and why I'm going there. And I'm going to share it with you guys here on Podcast Answer Man in just a moment. But before I do, I want to jump back in a little time machine, if you will, to December 2011. And I was writing out, I think I set out 10 written goals for 2012. And two of those goals for 2012 were become a paid public speaker, and the other one was to become a keynote speaker. Now, I know I just recently talked about this when I had Grant Baldwin on here, but this announcement that I'm about ready to share with you just shows you the power of dreaming big dreams and believing the impossible, because when I set that goal in 2011, I want to be a paid public speaker. I want to get paid money to speak in front of a group of people. And crazy as it was when I wrote it down on my whiteboard when I was writing those goals down, I want the words keynote speaker next to my name. And part of me asked myself, you know, is this just a is this just an ego thing or why why do I want this? It was more in the line of I want the opportunity to set the stage, to set the tone for an event, to kick things off on the right foot, or to end things with a huge inspirational message at the end of an event. And if there are multiple tracks, I kind of like the idea of having the opportunity and the privilege of speaking to all attendees that are present rather than just one of the breakout sessions. And so there there were several reasons why I had these dreams. And of course, to get paid to speak, I mean, who wouldn't dream of that if your desire is to get in front of a group of people? But at the time, in, in 2011, when I made those goals, when I had those dreams, here's who I was back then. I was someone who wasn't a great speaker. I, I wasn't. Up to that point, I had only spoke for free at these unconferences where anybody can speak. Wasn't that great, I promise you that. And I had spoken at two Blog World events. And my, uh, you know, the, the message and the talk that I gave both times, extremely valuable, but my skill as a public speaker, not so great. In that moment in time, it, it's, that was a crazy dream for me to have. Who is going to pay me to speak? 
who whoever would have me keynote their 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 conference but what i can tell you is that it was in my heart to do it and i knew that i lacked the skill i knew that i needed the some additional experience and i dreamed it i believed it was possible i made it a goal i wrote it down and i started telling other people about it and one thing leads to another. I start looking at books on public speaking. I, I went to a boot camp weekend with my friend Kent Julian, the Speak It Forward boot camp, learned about the business side of public speaking, got some questions answered about pricing and stuff like that when people pay you and how to negotiate fees. And, and then I actually got an invitation to do my first keynote address. I was the keynote speaker for a Catholic New Media Conference for Father Roderick's event over there at SQPN. Here I am, not a Catholic, and I'm actually invited to do a keynote address for a Catholic New Media Conference, and what a blessing that was, and and this was before I had any additional real training. I was just, you know, brushing up as much as I could from books and some advice from friends, and, you know, that keynote address, that very first keynote, it it went well. Um, it still wasn't the greatest, and it was still very much, you know, what I lacked in skill, I, I made up for with passion. And that event, everybody was very pleased with what I did there. And it was my first paid speaking gig. And it was also my first conference where I was listed as the opening keynote speaker. Pretty incredible. Then, not too long after that, I shared the story. My friend Michael Hyatt's listening to Podcast Answer Man. He says, Cliff, I've got this conference coming up. Uh, We plan on doing a couple of them, but the first one's going to be here in Nashville. And I'd like to know if you would come and speak at my event called Platform Conference, and it's going to go along with the release of my book, Platform, Get Noticed in a Noisy World. Would you please come and speak? And of course, it was a paid speaking opportunity, and again, I still hadn't had professional, real professional training on public speaking, but I got up there. I had a great story, great message, and I think on a scale of one out of 10, I probably would have ranked that maybe a six or a seven. It was, it was good. I think definitely um, the organizers, Ken and Michael, were happy. I mean, obviously they were. They invited me to come back at every other event for platform that they ever had after that. But the thing is, is Michael and Ken both had also been teaming up on another conference that's very popular called the SCORE Conference, S-C-O-R-R-E. And that happens to be a conference that is a training workshop conference. This isn't like just sessions where you go and listen and learn. This is a, there are some sessions where you listen and learn, but then you actually have a small group and you have a coach that's personally walking you through and you're giving five-minute speeches every night, three nights in a row. And you're being critiqued not only by your coach, but also your fellow group members. It's pretty intense, my friends. And Michael and Ken said, Cliff, you know, you know, we are thrilled with what you've done here. We'd love to offer you to come to the SCORE conference as our guest and be a student here. I think it'll really help you take your speaking to the next level. And I'm like, I've been thinking about signing up anyway. So I'm there. I went to the SCORE conference and it radically changed my life. I mean, I picked up so much at the SCORE conference. It was like drinking from a fire hose. So much valuable insight, so much valuable information, and I can tell you that uh, right after the SCORE conference, just a couple months later, I was back speaking at another event for the Platform Conference in Fort Worth, Texas, and my talk then on a scale out of from one to ten, I'd say it went to a probably an eight point five or a nine. It was amazing, and my keynotes from that point forward have been just radically better. And uh, not so much that that I felt like I've arrived, but instead I'm like, you know, what? there are things I can still learn. I continued to work with coaches in the area of public speaking with each of the speaking gigs that I had. You know, my speaking schedule over the last t- two years has been insanely busy. Lots of paid speaking, lots of keynote addresses, and I went back last November, I went back to Colorado, and I did the SCORE conference a second time as a student, and I learned even more and came away from that, preparing myself so that I could do the opening keynote address earlier this year for New Media Europe, which was in Manchester back in September, and I went and did that, and it was incredible. And probably the best speaking that I've done so far. And I'm just really excited about the fact that this dream has come true, right? 
And when I thought about this, you know, when I wrote that down, I, I wanted to be a paid speaker, check. I wanted to have the words keynote speaker next to my name, check, 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 you know, all, all of those. And I never dreamed back then that I could actually say that I'm, I'm an international keynote speaker. But as of this past September, by going to Manchester in the UK and doing an opening keynote, I officially became an international keynote speaker. And now, <laughs> all this time in here, I can tell you that I am actually, once again, going international, keynoting an event. This time, my friends, I am going to New Zealand. That's right, my friends. I am going to New Zealand. Now, I'm not going to give you all the details of the negotiations that went back and forth and stuff like that, but what I can tell you is that it's not going to cost me anything to go to New Zealand, and I am very blessed, very excited about this opportunity. A gentleman by the name of Paul Spain reached out to me via email. He says, Cliff, I've been following your podcast, Answer Man, for quite some time. We met briefly at Podcast Movement. I've been inspired to create an event here in the Asia-Pacific area region. I live in New Zealand. Here in Auckland, I plan on hosting this event. It's going to be in February on this date. I know this is short notice, and it's a shot in the dark. You're probably not going to be available, but I figure I might as well ask but would you be willing to come and keynote our event? And I'm looking at it and I look at my calendar and I decided already that I wanted to travel less and do less speaking in 2016 to work on some other things in my business. But I looked at my schedule and it just so happens that I have a podcasting A to Z course scheduled in January. I have one in March and this happens to be right directly in the middle of two of those. So there's some margin in there and the, really the only thing I have between the January session and the March session is marketing the March session. And technically, uh, speaking in front of an entirely brand new group of people who probably many of them have never heard of me before and having probably several people who will be in the audience who are thinking about doing a podcast, there's a good chance that this will again, lead to more students signing up for A to Z. If not in March, then certainly uh, a couple of people will sign up for sessions later in the year. So my friends, I am so excited to tell you that I am going to New Zealand and I wanna invite you to come and join me. But to give you all of the details, I pre-recorded an interview with Paul Spain to talk to him about all of the details that you'll want to know about this conference. I'm gonna play that interview for you right now. Paul, how are you doing, man? Fantastic, fantastic. Great to, be, uh, great to be on your show. Well, I'm glad to have you on here. I'm beyond excited about coming to New Zealand. It's, it's like a dream come true for me. This opportunity could not have come at a better time, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. Fantastic. Well, we're looking forward to having you uh, come down into uh, the Asia-Pacific region and uh, especially to New Zealand. And uh, yeah, I think uh, people are going to really en enjoy meeting you and hearing what you've got to say at the uh, Asia-Pacific podcast conference. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. That's why I wanted to have you on the show here because you certainly are the person behind putting this together. What gave you the idea to do an Asia-Pacific region podcasting event? Well, I've been podcasting here for about five years. I launched the New Zealand Tech Podcast with some friends in early 2011. So we, the the conference is going to sort of line up probably with our fifth anniversary. And uh, when, we, when we launched that, we noticed very quickly that there was a real interest in local co content. Uh, so I think it was our third episode. We reached number one on iTunes here. And really what we've seen over that time is just as a reasonably sort of slow growth in the amount of local podcasting content. And most people uh, within this region are tending to listen to American content. Now, obviously, there's some great content out of the US, such as your show, uh, but we're really keen to build this, uh, this community here. And that's really the idea of putting together the Asia Pacific Podcast Conference. You've attended a couple conferences. Tell me some of the conferences that have influenced you and, and your ideas and thoughts into the planning process of this event. 
Yeah, I've been to I've been to a lot of conferences over the years, uh, mostly in New Zealand and in the US. Uh, so I've been to technology conferences, such as uh, ones that Microsoft holds. Uh, I was at Podcast Movement just a, f- a few months ago in Texas, which was an incredible event, and uh, lots of smaller events here. And while we don't expect this to be a very large event, it's it's probably quite different to most of those events I've been to. Uh, we going to have a I think a real intimacy that allows people to get to get around and talk to and, and really network with all of the speakers and the other podcasts that are uh, podcasters that are attending so yeah I think it's going to be different from from that perspective to to most of the events that I've I've attended that are quite uh, quite large scale Webstock actually is one of the other uh, events that I've been to that's held here in New Zealand each year and in fact that's happening uh, just prior to our conference. I think we overlap by by one day. Uh, so that's a really interesting conference here in New Zealand that, that brings together a lot of people involved in the web space and entrepreneurs and they, they bring down some incredible speakers from the US as well. So uh, maybe something to aspire to for us in terms of uh, scale, but I actually quite like the idea of, of having a smaller intimate event. I actually kind of like that myself being the introvert that I am. So it'll give me an opportunity to... Uh, spend more time, more quality time with a smaller group of people. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's always one of my uh, struggles to go to an event where there are literally hundreds, if not thousands, but hundreds of people and spending as much as maybe five minutes face-to-face with somebody and having them tell me their story. I get their names and, and I promise you, it really means a ton to me. And I, I really am listening to every word but then a day and a half later at the same event, I go up and I introduce myself to them as if I've never spoken to them before. It's the worst feeling I have can possibly ever imagine having. And it happens to me way too often in these big events where I'm just meeting people after people after people. And so I'm looking forward to the smaller venue is what I'm saying, Paul. Yeah, I, I have that challenge. It takes me a little while to put names and faces uh, to, together, but yeah, I think we'll have plenty of time to get to know each other. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a great two days. What are the dates for this event? So the dates are the twelfth and the thirteenth of February, twenty sixteen. Now I noticed that there are two different types of tickets. Actually, there are three different types of tickets. Um, and I and I realize some folks who are listening are going to be going and signing up for this conference. So. Tell us what the three different types of tickets are and and how they should decide which one is the right ticket for them. It's pretty simple. If people are part of an organization, then the full sort of corporate ticket is the one for for them. Uh, If they're an individual... Then and and a, maybe an independent podcaster, or they're wanting to become an independent uh, podcaster. So you know we're expecting a bunch of people that haven't podcasted yet. Uh, then they can choose the personal ticket, and we've got a personal VIP ticket, which uh, gains them access to the full event plus also uh, the speaker and VIP dinner that we're doing on the Friday night. So. Uh, yeah, really, they've got that choice. Industry ticket, the personal VIP ticket, uh, both the industry ticket and the VIP ticket a- at this stage will give access uh, to that dinner on Friday night, although we may have to uh, limit how many uh, of the industry tickets gain that access. So we'd recommend people just to uh, to register as, as early as possible. Uh, and then there's a slightly lower cost uh, personal ticket that doesn't give access to that uh, VIP event. So yeah, people have got a little bit of choice. I think your listeners will get access to all of those levels actually at the same price. So uh, there's a there's a bit of a benefit there. Absolutely. So we'll talk about that in just a second. But let's just say somebody is listening and they get the personal ticket. Do they get access to everything on the 12th, which I think is uh, Friday? Is that correct? Yeah, everything except for that uh, that dinner in the in the evening. So the full full day, uh, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, and the same on the Saturday. So we're going to have that really you know jam packed with uh, uh, speakers. We've got a number of panel sessions. Where uh, we'll be announcing shortly some uh, international guests that will be coming in over a video conference. So there's really going to be a really broad mix from uh, from the international 
uh, communicators and and those from the podcast uh, space uh, through to more local people from the Asia Pacific uh, region that will be sharing about what uh, what they've been doing. And we're covering not just uh, you know the the independent podcaster, but very much those that are in, involved in the broader. Uh, broadcasting space, so people from the radio industry, the broadcast industry as well. So we'll be making sure that there's content uh, really across all of those areas and we'll be uh, working to make it really very accessible so that people aren't uh, aren't too left behind with content that's maybe uh, uh, too far over their heads, but there'll certainly be quite a mix. Excellent. And so it's a two-day event and it sounds to me from what you just said is it's going to start at 9 a.m. both days and run through 5 p.m. both days. That's right. Yeah. And and if you have the personal ticket, you have access to all of that. Yes. And, yes. The, and the VIP is going to get you access to a special networking party and a VIP dinner. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And that's on Friday evening. That's yeah. Excellent. The website address for the event, if they want to just go there and see the details of the speakers as you announce them, is APAC for Asia Pacific Podcasts, plural, dot com. So APAC Podcasts, plural, dot com. The word plural is not in the URL, by the way, <laughs> but it, it, that is correct, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Or, or I'll be tweeting about it. I'm sure, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be mentioning it on your handle. So anyone that's following us can, uh, you know, can look at our, our, our social media accounts for, uh, for how, to, how to find it or, uh, or Google. I just want to let everybody know I do have an affiliate link. Just so you know, I get a commission if you guys sign up as uh, hearing about this from me, which is very cool. But also it's going to give you access until they sell out to the VIP ticket at the same cost as the personal ticket. And if you want to, number one, benefit me by signing up, or also to get that VIP same price ticket, use my affiliate link. It's gonna be over at podcastanswerman.com slash New Zealand, all one word. That's podcastanswerman.com slash New Zealand. Where is this event being held? We've got a few venue choices at the moment that we're just finalising. That will be uh, that'll be up online next week. We'll be confirming the venue, uh, and we'll be making more speaker announcements as well over the next uh, over the next two to three weeks. So, uh, but if people get to the website now, they can get a little bit of an overview, uh, chance to get registered. Particularly if they're travelling from further afield, they want to make sure uh, that they've definitely got a ticket and have got access uh, to the VOP event on Friday night. Then uh, yeah, now the time to to jump in and of course if you if you're traveling from australia or uh, anywhere else within the region or anyone further afield that decides actually uh, what a great time of year to come to new zealand i'd love to come to new zealand uh then yeah now's probably a good time to be you know, booking your uh, your airline tickets and so on too so uh yeah it's uh, it's all all there and it'll be filled out with with even more detail over the next uh, fortnight and I imagine you'll make some announcements as far as if you were going to have this at a hotel, maybe they have some room blocks or something like that. There, I see there's an email sign-up form people can put in their email address and get notified. Is that how you would notify them of certain things like that? Absolutely, yeah. So if people go to the the homepage uh, of the website then and, and sign up for the email list, then we'll be pushing out those updates uh, pro- progressively and uh, you know more details about the event so it's worth uh, certainly worth signing up there and even if they're uh, not able to make it this time around but want to be uh, kept in the loop about the event then uh, that's also the place to go. Now this is in Auckland in New Zealand and I admit when it comes to that part of the world I am geographically challenged I just know that in my mind New Zealand is the most beautiful place on this earth. Well, you're right about that one. (laughs) I don't know if you heard about my trip to Europe uh, just recently this summer, but my family and I went to Europe and we visited the Highlands of Scotland. And I got to tell you, Paul, I was blown away by the Highlands of Scotland. And while we were there and even upon our return, every time I talk to people and show them pictures, I said, these pictures don't do any justice. This is by far and and I spent a lot of time in the Smoky Mountains of the the mountains of North Carolina I just I've been to a lot of beautiful places but the highlands of Scotland to this point in my life have literally been it's been the most beautiful place I've ever witnessed on this earth and while I was there and even upon talking about it I said the only thing that might top this in my mind 
is if I ever get an opportunity to go to New Zealand. And the reason why I say that is because I've watched the extras, the behind the scenes footage and all those other things that Peter Jackson did while he's making the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies. And that just I mean, it looks beautiful in video. And I know that video is not capturing what's truly there. Yeah, it's pretty stunning uh, if you can get time to get down to the South Island where, you know, most of the the mountains are, where the Southern Alps are and uh, Queenstown and Wanaka. There's there's some really incredible places. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm hoping you'll get enough time to to have a little bit of a a look around while you're here and get a a real taste of New Zealand. Of course, it's going to be summer here, so uh, there'll be all sorts of sort of choices in terms of activities you can do to uh, uh, fill in fill in your time so yeah I think you're really going to en- enjoy it and I hope others that come down will get more than just the two days for the event that they'll they'll get to uh, enjoy a taste of New Zealand as well I plan on leaving here on February the 8th which means it's 18 hours of straight fly time I'm not looking forward to 18 hours on an airplane. I think I arrive because of the international timeline. I'm going to arrive Wednesday the 10th. And so I plan on probably sleeping that entire day. (laughs) Thursday I'll be there, but I'll probably still be adjusting to the time zone change and and jet lag and all that stuff. Plus I'll be preparing for my talk and just hanging out, probably just relaxing and being by myself quite a bit. Then Friday and Saturday is the event. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I'm leaving on Thursday the 18th, which means I'm going to have all day Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So that's four full days in New Zealand. And if anybody out there is interested in what I plan on doing, I plan on spending those days. Number one, I'm definitely traveling to Matamata, which I believe is about a four and a half to five hour drive from Auckland. Oh, it's a bit closer than that, but closer. Okay, great. That's yeah. even that, that's even better. But uh, I plan on going to the Hobbiton movie set. This is the sh- I'm going to the Shire, people. Now, of course, Paul, that probably me. It's it's probably like, oh gosh, here's another one of these guys. But <laughs> but I I'm going to the Shire. I cannot wait. And I had one person that I had talked I had talked about this in my Pursuing a Balanced Life podcast saying I'm going to New Zealand. And I've already had one person reach out to me who lives on the South Island. And he says, listen, if you come to the South Island, I volunteer to be your tour guide. So I imagine, it, you tell me, Paul, I should be able to get a really inexpensive flight uh, round trip from Auckland to the South Island, right? Yeah, that's not too much of a problem. Uh, it's and it's and it's well worth doing. So yeah, I think we definitely have to work that into uh, into your schedule to get you down to the South Island, and uh, yeah, get get to see some of those uh, those famous mountains. So yeah, I think I think you'll really enjoy that. Now, do they, uh, do they offer helicopter tours down there? Because if they do, I'm definitely going to do that. Yeah, and no, I think you should do that absolutely. Oh, yep. Oh, I can't wait. Wow, there's, this is going to be exciting. Jet boating on the river, there's of course bungee jumping, uh, lots of extreme sports here in New Zealand. So uh, yeah, we do want you to get back uh, safe and sound to your family, but uh, I think we need to get you participating in in one or two of those activities as well. Do they have barrel riding? That's what I want to know. Barrel riding. I'm not sure about that. (laughs) Oh, wow. So um, real quickly, I know New Zealand, obviously, there's going to be a contingent of podcasters or at least people who are interested in podcasting coming from New Zealand. I know that I have a lot of listeners from Australia. I've actually got several, uh, probably about 10 or 15 A to Z alumni who are in Australia. How big of a deal and how often do people from from Australia travel to New Zealand? Is this a, a good event for them to consider? Oh, absolutely. And it's it's not much more than a, a domestic flight. In fact, uh, this time of year, I've been trying to book, book some uh, flights around the country and there's not much uh, not much different flying around New Zealand at the moment than there is to fly to and from Australia. It's about a three hour to three and a half hour uh, flight. So you know, probably reasonably similar from people traveling between uh, you know, the U- parts of the US and Canada. 
so it's not uh, it's not a big deal. Yes, there's a big chunk of water in between, but uh, it's it's not a not a huge problem. And I imagine that we'll have a a, um, a contingent coming across from Australia for sure. Excellent. If you're in Australia, I hope to see you in New Zealand. And by the way, I, I had a number of folks from Australia say, "Oh my gosh, well, you have to stop over here while you're in this part of the world." And guys, I, I'm not going to be able to make it uh, to Australia this time, but come on, I'm, I'm traveling this far to New Zealand. Why don't you come to New Zealand and hang out with me for a couple days? I'd love to have you come. Now, um, I know I have listeners from Japan and some other places. What, what are some other countries where you just, because this is the Asia Pacific podcast conference, what are other countries that are, I told you I'm geographically challenged. So tell me some <laughs> other Asia Pacific countries, people who are listening, you know, who else do you expect that's going to come to this pretty naturally? Yeah, well, I mean, it is it is a big region, so it's it is a bigger flight. But you know, we'd certainly love to see people uh, coming down from you know right right across the um, the Asian region. So that could be you know Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, Japan, China, uh, Philippines, Malaysia, India. I mean, it really really covers a, a broad gamut. And there there hasn't been an event of this sort of scale in the southern hemisphere uh, before with the with the level of uh, uh, content that we're expecting to have at the event and so yeah I think uh, it would be well worth their while to attend and also that opportunity to other to network with other podcasters in the region so you know they maybe they've been thinking about launching a podcast maybe they've already got a podcast but they're, they're finding it, it hard to get it out to a local audience well that's what I've been doing for five years uh, is publishing podcasts to local audiences and we've been very successful with it. Uh, we just launched a new podcast about four weeks ago called My Kiwi Life. Uh, the, the podcaster involved in that, Will Fleming, had been podcasting for maybe about a year, uh, produced some 50 episodes of content, but hadn't really got it uh, noticed out there by listeners. And after we uh, partnered up and, and launched that with him, he was straight into the iTunes charts and within the first week was, I think, placed seventh or, or eighth on, on iTunes. So, uh, you know, those people that are really wanting to get uh, uh, serious about podcasting, it will be well worth their, their time um, because I don't think there will be another event quite like this. And even if they attend maybe some of the uh, events in, in Europe or the US, the focus will be slightly uh, different because those are uh, different markets in terms of launching uh, podcast content. And I'm going to be doing a keynote. I believe my keynote is the second day of the event. Is that right? On That's right. So we've got you in, I think, for the uh, the first slot on Saturday morning. Uh, but we'll also be uh, drawing on you on the Friday. So we've got you uh, locked down for uh, uh, some some panel discussion and uh, um, a, f- a few other bits there. So uh, your schedule will be, uh, yeah, be reasonably full, Cliff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And my keynote, by the way, if anybody's interested, I'll be talking about top techniques used by today's leading podcasters. So I'm going to draw upon my friends who are always consistently listed in the top of their category in iTunes. And I'm going to be sharing with you what I believe to be the top techniques that they use that keep them there in those positions. So uh, that's, that's going to be what I'll be sharing in my keynote address. That's We're really looking forward to that, actually, because this is a new talk that you haven't given anywhere but before, and uh, I'm sure there'll be a, a few new insights that uh, nobody's heard before. Absolutely. Well, gosh, Paul, is there anything that I've missed that you think that needs to be said about the event? No, I think you know we, we've covered uh, most of it. I guess there's going to be a lot more information that we'll we'll launch over the over the next next few weeks. But um, what I'd recommend people do is to you know get in quickly if they want to get access to uh, the the full VIP uh, or industry ticket at the base uh, price uh, through your through your link. Uh, or if they're just curious, don't think they can make it this time, then they should definitely uh, you know visit the Asia Pacific Podcast Conference website, at least get on the email list so that they're kept, kept in the loop with, with what's happening. Excellent. And you said you'll be mentioning stuff on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, so my Twitter handle is just my name, Paul Spain. P-A-U-L-S-P-A-I-N. That's right. And I'm on, I'm on Facebook as well. So uh, either of those channels are a good way to keep in touch. If anyone wants to communicate with me directly, uh, they're more than welcome to do so through, through those channels. 
Is your profile on Facebook? Is it uh, facebook.com slash Paul Spain? I think it is. Yeah, it's a verified profile on uh, on Facebook. So, uh, you know, as long as it's got the big tech next to it, then it's definitely me. So if it doesn't have that, you're communicating with another Paul Spain somewhere else in the world. And I'll be sure to locate that as well. And I will put that in the show notes so that if you're concerned and you can't find it, simply head over to podcastanswerman.com slash 426. And it'll have a link to both his Twitter profile, Facebook profile, and the conference itself, and my special affiliate link uh, that will both, number one, get me a commission if you do sign up for the event, and also, if you get in there before it sells out, you can also get the VIP ticket at the same price as the personal ticket. So uh, be sure to head over to podcastanswerman.com slash New Zealand to do that. And of course, if you guys are going to be attending and you're going to spend some extra days and you want to kind of just not just hang out and see me at the event, but uh, potentially even maybe visit the Hobbiton set and stuff like that, I need to know really far in advance. So please email me cliff at podcastanswerman.com. Paul, thank you so much, man, for inviting me and making this uh, opportunity available to me. It's an incredible honor for me personally, and I cannot wait to meet the Kiwis over there. I've heard nothing but wonderful things about you guys, and I'm really looking forward to this. Fantastic. Well, we're, we're looking forward to it too. I think you're going to have a great time. We certainly are going to enjoy having you down here. And uh, also that opportunity to just meet a broader uh, you know, cross-section of the podcasting community from around the region as they converge uh, on Auckland on the uh, 12th and 13th of February. Well, there you go, my friends. That's the details and everything that you need to know about this special trip to New Zealand. Again, I hope some of you will be able to come and spend a couple days. I look forward to potentially seeing you there. Well, earlier in the episode, I told you that I was also going to give you a little bit of insight that I received from reading a book that was recommended to me by my friend Dan Miller. This book is titled Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. The author is Carol S. Dweck, Ph.D., A little bit about Carol here, it says she is regarded as one of the world's leading researchers in the fields of personality, social psychology, and developmental psychology. She's a professor of psychology at Stanford University. Her work has been featured in The New Yorker, Time Magazine, The New York Times, The Washington Post, The Boston Globe, and she's also been a guest on The Today Show as well as 2020. So, She's very highly regarded, and of course, this book came highly recommended from my friend Dan Miller because he knows just how intrigued I am about the expanded mindset and just how valuable and important that is to us in our journey as entrepreneurs and especially when it comes to achieving great success. I wrote down a few notes about the book here, and I wrote down that this is a book that focuses on the power of people's beliefs. It says here that these may be beliefs that we're aware of or that we're unaware of. No matter what, these beliefs strongly affect what we dream to achieve and whether or not we succeed in seeing those dreams come true. In the introduction, the author writes these words. She wrote, For 20 years, my research has shown me that the view you adopt for yourself profoundly affects the way you lead your life. It can determine whether you become the person you want to be and whether you accomplish the things you value. A simple belief can have the power to transform your psychology and, as a result, your life. Now... The book, in my mind, really focuses on two types of mindsets. There's the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. The fixed mindset, in my words, would be believing that your qualities are carved in stone. In fact, here's something that came from the book. It says, believing that your qualities are carved in stone, the fixed mindset creates an urgency to prove yourself over and over. If you are only have a certain amount of intelligence, a certain personality, and a certain moral character, well, then you'd better prove that you have a healthy dose of them. It simply wouldn't do to look or feel deficient in these most basic characteristics. I'll share some other things with you a little bit that that even gives a further understanding of the problem with the fixed mindset and this belief that what you have today is what you've got to deal with. 
that these are the cards you were dealt and there's not much you can do about it. Now there is the growth mindset and the way I've worded it here is that this is the belief that your basic qualities are things that you can cultivate through effort. And from the book it also says here, it says, although people may differ in every which way, in their initial talents and aptitudes, interests or temperaments, everyone can change and grow through application and experience. Now, here are some quotes that I highlighted in the book. So as I was reading, I go through my Kindle and I'm consistently highlighting things that kind of just stand out to me. And these are just random highlights that I wanna share with you from the book. The first one is, why waste time proving over and over how great you are when you could be getting better? Why hide deficiencies instead of overcoming them? Why look for friends or partners who will just shore up your self-esteem instead of having relationships with ones who will challenge you to grow? And why seek out the tried and true instead of experiences that will stretch you? The passion for stretching yourself and sticking to it, even or especially when things are not going well, is the hallmark of the growth mindset. This is the mindset that allows people to thrive during some of the most challenging times in their life. Another quote that I have, Benjamin Barber, an eminent sociologist once said, I don't divide the world into the weak and the strong or the successes and the failures. I divide the world into the learners and the non-learners. Another quote, so children with the fixed mindset want to make sure that they succeed. Smart people should always succeed. But for children with the growth mindset, success is about stretching themselves. It's about becoming smarter. Another quote, people in the growth mindset don't just seek challenge, they thrive on it. The bigger the challenge, the more they stretch. Another quote, this one's a big one. Sometimes people with the growth mindset stretch themselves so far that they do the impossible. In 1995, Christopher Reeve, the actor, was thrown from a horse. His neck was broken, his spinal cord was severed from his brain, and he was completely paralyzed below the neck. Medical science said, so sorry, come to terms with it. Reeve, however, started a demanding exercise program that involved moving all parts of his paralyzed body with the help of electrical stimulation. Why couldn't he learn to move again? Why couldn't his brain once again give commands that his body would obey? Doctors warned that he was in denial and that he was setting himself up for disappointment. They had seen this before and it was a bad sign for his adjustment. But really, what else was Reeve going to do with his time? Was there a better project? Five years later, Reeve started to regain movement. First it happened in his hands, then his arms, then his legs, and then torso. He was far from cured, but brain scans showed that his brain was once more sending signals to his body that his body was responding to. Not only did Reeve stretch his abilities, he changed the entire way science thinks about the nervous system and its potential for recovery. In doing so, he opened a whole new vista for research and a whole new avenue of hope for people with spinal cord injuries. Here's another quote. I'll never forget the first time I heard myself, this is hard, this is fun. That's the moment I knew that I was changing mindsets. Another quote. There was a saying in the 1960s that went, becoming is better than being. The fixed mindset does not allow people the luxury of becoming. They have to already be. Another quote. In summary, people who believe in fixed traits feel an urgency to succeed, and when they do, they may feel more than pride. They may feel a sense of superiority, since success means that their fixed traits are better than other people's. However, lurking behind that self-esteem of the fixed mindset is a simple question. If you're somebody when you're successful, what are you when you're not successful? Another quote, John Wooden, the legendary basketball coach, says that you aren't a failure until you start to blame. What he means is that you can still be in the process of learning from your mistakes until the day you begin to deny them. And then the final quote that I have here, mindsets are an important part of your personality, but you can change them. 
Now, I'm currently only about 20% of the way through this book. And by the way, if you're interested, I do have an affiliate link. You could go to gspn.tv slash mindset and get the book for yourself. I want to tell you that I found a review on Amazon about the book, and this is like a one-star review, and here's what it says. Mindset makes the argument that people who believe they can improve themselves will be more likely to take chances and grow. There, I've said it. Now you don't need to read the book. The rest of the book consists of stories that illustrate the above idea. Many, many stories, all with the same lesson. The book is really a pamphlet. Also, I think the book is misleading. The latest research shows that we all have strengths and weaknesses and that we do best when we leverage those natural abilities. I think mindset misses the point and in fact suggests the opposite. Now, I do agree that the book does make the same statement over and over again. But for somebody like me who coaches people in the area of mindset, I don't mind that. I personally, I'm going to make it through the rest of this book. I'm certain that there's a reason why my good friend Dan Miller recommended the book to me. And one of the reasons why I want to share that with you goes back to what this podcast episode started with. And it was this idea of having a dream. In 2011, I told you, I was not a great speaker. I did not have very much experience. But yet, and, and not only that, but I was oftentimes afraid, scared to death, anxiety, stress, for days leading up to any speaking engagement. And here, I wanted people to pay me, <laughs> and I wanted to be a keynote speaker. Who was I? I mean, it's, it's, it's like, I could, if I had the fixed mindset, I could have said, you know what, public speaking's really not my thing. I'm not that great at it. it, it you know, and and you know what, I maybe I do. Maybe I can get out there and I could speak at some conferences and do some breakout sessions, but that's really it. I don't think anybody's going to pay me, but man, I'd love the opportunity to speak and get the thing out if I can get that. That would be good enough. A fixed mindset would say that's about where my level is. It's fixed. I'm not really going to be able to do much with it. You know, I'm certainly not skilled enough to be a paid public speaker and goodness gracious me no way would I ever be good enough to to be a keynote speaker but I did not have a fixed mindset there's been two or three maybe even four people over the years who have said Cliff will you stop it with the next level stuff already that phrase is so old and and you know what no it, it next level is so much ingrained in my mindset that I believe that there's something we can always do to take everything we do in life to the next level. But here's the deal. I I do believe that the latest research does show that we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses and that, yes, we do best when we leverage these natural abilities. However, I do not accept that some areas of weakness can't be improved and turned into a strength. So for me, I would say that public speaking in 2011 for me was an area of weakness. It wasn't one of my strengths. It was something that I, I I wanted to do. It's something that I somewhat enjoyed the benefits of, but I wasn't that great at it. It was public speaking for me was a weakness. But I will tell you that today, a couple years later, after saying, you know what, I want to improve on this, I want to take some risks, I want to go out and I want to learn and I want to grow in this, I will tell you that I believe that public speaking for me right now is an area of strength. And my question to you is, are you stuck with a fixed mindset? Are there things that you believe you cannot achieve? There are things that you cannot do, well, because other people have told you so, or you just say, eh, You know, I've just never been good at that. I just hope that my journey over the years has been an inspiration to you guys to consistently have a growth mindset, taking things to the next level, everything you do to the next level. Hey, you know, one last thing I want to bring up here in the episode, it's just a little personal note. I am so excited. Sitting behind me is a brand new computer that was just delivered by Apple today. Now, I do have a 15-inch 
Retina MacBook Pro that I use when I travel. And I think I, do, I use it for chat room and stuff like that when we do our live shows on Thursday for Family from the Heart. But outside of that, anything that I do in my business, I'm doing on my 27-inch iMac that I purchased back in 2011. And this machine has been a workhorse and it's it's been so awesome. I love using Apple products. I love my 27-inch iMac. But lately, it has been getting very slow. My hard drive is a spinning hard drive and it just, I'm seeing, it's, it's taking me too long to get things processed. I'll sometimes go and just want to pull up another browser window and I see the little spinning ball and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But there are some things that are, it's just clear that my hard drive is not in the greatest of shape. And this thing is just, it's been through a lot and it's time to upgrade. So just recently, I went onto the Apple store. I pulled up the 27-inch iMac with the 5K display. Now, the 27-inch iMac that I have now, I started out with the smallest of everything. I brought it home and I put an extra stick of RAM in it. So that it went from eight gigs of RAM to 16 gigs. So I went with the cheapest one before. This time, four gigahertz quad-core i7 processor. I went ahead and had Apple put in their version of the 32 gigs of full-blown RAM, filled it up. I did not get a fusion drive or a spinning drive of any nature whatsoever, and I did need one terabyte, so I went ahead and got the one terabyte flash drive for storage, and I got the two gigabyte AMD video card. This thing is fully maxed out. It cost me quite a bit of money, but I am so excited because now I just know that the projects that I'm gonna be working on over the next couple weeks and couple months, and even the next couple years, it's just going to be that much smoother and better, and I'm, I'm looking forward to creating some great stuff for you guys. Well, my friends, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I just want to say thank you for tuning in to Podcast Answer Man every single week. I am uh, looking forward to seeing some of you in my next session of Podcasting A to Z. Just a reminder, that starts on Monday, January 4th. I know that it's just one month away from the day that this is being released, but if you have not yet registered yet, head over to podcastinga2z.com. I do already have seven students who are registered and ready to go, which means that this thing is probably going to sell out. So if you do want to get in, please head over to podcastinga2z.com. Click that register now button. And I look forward to having you as my student. I will work with you as your one-on-one coach for that entire four-week period of time. If you have any questions about the course, you can email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com. Until next time, my friends, I encourage each and every single one of you to take everything you do to the next level. Helping you take everything you do to the next level.